This is a special world report with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight's broadcast is a special feature. A friend of Medjugorje has exposed the Medjugorje phenomenon to millions of people across the world. His unique insight is not opinion, but has been proved again and again to be prophetic truth. Tonight's feature is from a writing which a friend of Medjugorje released in 2004 titled Two Americas. In 2004, some individuals came against a friend of Medjugorje for writing about a coming division in our nation, saying that it would cause division. However, a friend of Medjugorje's worldview was informed by the wisdom hidden in Our Lady's messages. The six visionaries of Medjugorje see Our Lady and have seen future events that will unfold in the world. A friend of Medjugorje has seen the future events through the messages. A friend of Medjugorje has seen this division coming to America. While others in the Medjugorje world did not see this, and some even opposed it. The difference in discernment is explained by simply stating that a friend of Medjugorje's insight is a direct result of sacrificing his life for Our Lady's plans without reservation and without compromise. Others were not willing to give everything without compromise. A friend of Medjugorje has done what no other individual has done, both in the secular world and among those who follow Medjugorje. This is why a friend of Medjugorje often sees things in the messages that others are not able to see, even though they are in the Medjugorje world. What you're about to hear has come to pass 20 years after a friend of Medjugorje wrote it. Two Americas by a Friend of Medjugorje A letter dated October 8, 2004, arrived here at Caritas, four years to the day of the Holy Father's entrustment of the new millennium to Our Lady, the Queen of Peace. October 8, 2000, we were in the midst of the Jubilee year, a year of special graces, and there was a feeling of great optimism towards the future. Three months later, we were all shocked to hear the words of Our Lady spoken at midnight on top of Apparition Hill to Maria on January 1st, 2001. My dear children, now that when Satan is unchained, I desire you to be consecrated to my heart and the heart of my son, Jesus. I bless you with my motherly blessing. In the book of Revelation and of Daniel, 
It speaks of a time of three and a half years that Satan would be given to test God's people. We wondered if this prophecy related to Our Lady's message. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great fury, for he knows he has but a short time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, two times, and a half time. This is in reference to three and a half years. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. The natural laws of God are being challenged everywhere. Unnatural lifestyles, redefining marriage, are all against natural law. A great effort has been launched to change the times and the law. Nine months into the new millennium, two planes crashed into the Twin Towers in New York City, another into our Pentagon in Washington, D.C. A fourth crashed into an empty field in Pennsylvania. United 93, that traffic for you is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound, 370. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. Nearly 4,000 lives were taken on this single day from an act of pure hatred, done in the name of God, but really in the name of the God of hatred, Lucifer. This led our nation into a war that, despite the initial months of unity that was deeply felt in the days after September 11th, has been the cause of great division within America. The following year, one of the greatest scandals that has ever hit the Catholic Church was spread throughout headline news across our country and around the world, month after devastating month. For the past several weeks, the Roman Catholic Church has been dealing with repeated criticism of a scandal rocking one of the world's oldest religious institutions. Again, division was the result. First, our homeland was hit. Secondly, our church. Our church will recover because Jesus promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But nations are not afforded such endurance. As devastating as these attacks have been, it is the current battle over the decay we are witnessing in the foundations of both our liberties and our faith, Satan's real aim, that is the cause of alarm and concern. Nations and churches do not fall from attacks made upon them from the outside, but through decay from the inside. And it is here that Satan has made his most devastating inroads to destroy both our nation and our church.
He shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time. Daniel 7, verse 25 The Ten Commandments are being thrown out of our courthouses. Radical judges are redefining the oldest institution known to man, marriage between a man and a woman. Those who speak of sin in our culture are labeled intolerant and being threatened with committing hate crimes. In England, hate crimes are already illegal, and a great effort is being spent in our Congress to pass the same laws against hate crimes, which includes quoting scripture in church, which condemns illicit lifestyles. A pastor was jailed in England for quoting scripture in his pulpit, condemning illicit lifestyles. For those who do not have their heads in the sand, we can see where this is headed if something doesn't radically change the direction in which we are headed. This nation is divided. There are two Americas. And a nation divided cannot stand. Therefore, one side will prevail. Our side will rule over the other. Can there be any doubt that Satan was given untold powers? We are seeing the results of his perfectly thought out and executed plans. The things that we are witnessing being destroyed are the things most dear to us. Our faith, our nation, our families. We recall a message Our Lady once gave to the parish of Medjugorje when it appeared that Satan was being victorious in his plans. August 1st, 1985 Dear children, I wish to tell you that I have chosen this parish and that I am guarding it in my hands like a little flower that does not want to die. I call you to surrender to me so that I can keep on presenting you to God fresh and without sin. Satan has taken part of the plan and wants to possess it. Pray that he does not succeed in that, because I wish you for myself so I can keep on giving you to God. As we have written from the beginning, before we knew the devastation we would be faced with, we believed our nation and church would be going through necessary purification because of the false demonic theologies that have been allowed to grow up as darnel in the field alongside the wheat. The darnel has matured through time, but so too is the wheat maturing. As prayer increases in the world, so does the light of truth. Darkness cannot hide where there is light. Ivan, one of the six visionaries of Medjugorje, married an American girl from Massachusetts. They live and have a home both in Medjugorje and in Boston. Ivan's apparitions have continued daily over the years. Every day, to Ivan, Our Lady comes to bless the world. Can anyone imagine it being a coincidence that the recent scandal in the church began to be flushed out from Boston? 
Darkness cannot flourish in light. Satan does his greatest damage in shadows and darkness. The purity of Our Lady is so potent that the evil of Satan had to rise up and then be his cause to flee in her continued presence. Though we are shocked to see how far Satan has been able to infiltrate his agendas, we can't fight what we can't see. Prayer is forcing evil to come out in the open, show its shameful face, and simultaneously God is raising His army to fight this evil through Our Lady, paralleling those growing in holiness with those growing in hatred, dividing the two as they grow and eventually will clash, one crushing the other in victory. There can be no doubt that the soul of America is what is at stake in the present battles that are taking place in our time. Why? Why has Satan come against this nation with such fury and hatred? following is a writing that was written for the opening of our school year last year, here in the community. It speaks of the heaven-ordained bond that exists in the United States of America. It reveals the significant role America plays in world history and the world's future. It brings understanding as to why the United States of America is hated so fiercely by Satan and why he salivates, hungers, and lusts to see it destroyed. He found a secluded spot and placed the dirt. He wanted to make a strong foundation. He put water on both sides. He wanted it to be hidden, for it was a gift to his mother. On two occasions, it would be found, but he managed to keep it secret until he was ready to give it to her. And then it happened. It was found. And soon after he gave it to her, who by then was queen with many titles, he called it America. The upper part he peopled from all over the earth, and then did the impossible. By miraculously uniting these people with different backgrounds, he put in their hearts an illumination to build a nation as the world had never seen. Never in the history of the world had such a diverse group of people come together for such a common cause. And though the divine was involved, only the prayerful understood it. So vivid was this vision that the original founders recognized clearly all was orchestrated by the hand of providence. And now the veil lifts further to reveal that this nation's existence from the beginning was to be used by the queen for her purposes of peace, consecrated to her as her instrument, her tool, to bring stability to all other lands. 
a foundation to build upon, a land to bring freedom such as the world has never known before to all people of the earth. For the prayerful, discerning heart, this is easy to see. For the one without prayer, it is impossible to understand. The United States of America, being consecrated to its patroness, the Virgin Mary, is united to her in a sacred bond to be used for peace, as no other land or nation has ever been throughout all of history. Her enemy, trying to take it away from her, divided it from within. But she herself came back to reclaim it as the Queen of the South. As bold, she now purifies it to make it one, united, strong, shimmering from sea to sea. America the Beautiful, the Queen's Necklace, her son's rod, for peace. America, may God thy gold refine, till all success be nobleness, and every gain divine. A Friend of Megagoria, September 11, 2003. We are a nation built upon freedom and liberty. And throughout our history, nearly everyone agreed upon what those words meant. That they were sourced in God, the Creator, and not from government. In a talk given by Attorney General John Ashcroft on May 6, 2004, the National Day of Prayer, he said this about liberty. This country was designed around the concept of liberty. I'm personally just overwhelmed with the choice of the Leviticus scripture, which is the theme of this year's National Day of Prayer. Proclaim liberty throughout the land. Proclaim liberty. It's not just that we create liberty. It's not something that we invented. It's something that we recognize. It's something we unleash. It's not something we developed. From the very beginning, it's been understood that freedom is in the nature of the way God created, not in the nature of what we developed. And that's why proclaiming liberty is important. We recite with gratitude the words from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights of life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's a confession that liberty preceded the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Liberty was sourced in the creation. They, the Founding Fathers, profoundly understood that freedoms really weren't sourced in governments. So they were very careful, first to come out and say, these are the freedoms, and these pre-existed, these existed before government. And then they came out with the framework of safeguarding these freedoms. As a Christian, a person part of the Judeo-Christian understanding of freedom, I believe it's in the nature of the way God created us, and I think, the phrase which follows from Deuteronomy, so starkly details how choice and freedom and liberty are the plan. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed might live.
That, to me, sums it up. The business of life is making choices. God chose to create people whose purpose it was to make choices, and to choose life instead of death, and to choose blessing instead of cursing, and to choose good over evil. And that's what choice-making is all about. And it is a marvelous privilege of every person to be involved in these choices. Our Lady, through her messages, has shown and taught us that freedom brings with it choices. We have the freedom to choose. But it is here where the division lies within our nation. Freedom, for many, is the right to live their lives as they want to, with no responsibility or recognition of right and wrong. Whatever feels good is what is right for each individual person. There are no absolute truths. If you are wealthy, you have the right to use your wealth in any way you please, rather than recognizing it was God who gave it, and how does He want it used? You have the right to choose your lifestyle, even though the lifestyle may be destructive to you and to others around you, thereby making it a threat to society's stability. You have the right to make an excessive profit in your business at the expense of destroying the economy and or by using dishonest business practices to do so. A woman has the right of choice over her body, which means she can eliminate the life she carries within her if it doesn't suit her or if it isn't convenient for her at the time. We have the choice not to forgive those who injure us. We have the freedom to choose to walk away from our responsibilities we even have the choice to choose God or not. Our Lady said, November 25th, 1987. Dear children, you know that I love you immeasurably and that I desire each of you for myself. But God has given to all a freedom which I lovingly respect and humbly submit to. The truth is to be all Our Ladies. To belong to her means to live freedom by making self-restrained choices. The lie is that freedom means living unrestrained, choosing whatever one desires without a moral compass. Living self-restrained freedom brings peace. Self-restraint brings no peace and leads to the loss of liberty. Peace is a gift from God. People cannot obtain peace unless they are living true before God, unless they are living His commandments and loving their neighbor as themselves. The key to peace is self-restraint. It is in acknowledging that there are things that are not good for our bodies or our souls, or the communities and the general society in which we live then we are duty-bound as Christians to restrain from these things, even if we have the freedom to do, possess, or covet them. August 7, 1986 Dear children, only by prayer are you able to overcome every influence of Satan in your place. I am with you, but I cannot take away your freedom. In the song, America the Beautiful, Catherine Bates wrote, America, America, 
God, mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. We have always been a nation of people who were willing to make sacrifices for the good of the entire nation, knowing that in this way, eventually our own needs would be met. We have, however, become a selfish society, everyone looking out for number one, for their own individual wants and rights. And so we have lost the idea of community altogether. We are a nation in which 84.2% are Christian, and yet one agnostic, atheist, or God-hater has the right to impose upon society no school prayer because he is offended by it. Or he can desecrate marriage by making it an abomination against natural law, though redefining it so to protect his illicit lifestyle. By attacking the morals and faith upon which this nation was founded, he actually attacks the foundation of liberty which our nation adopted, manifesting God's freedom into our law. This is what gives him the right to be a non-believer, even though he perverts it by trying to change the times and the law. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 By imposing unnatural law upon all society. How many special interest groups are today attacking the foundations of our faith, which strikes at the very roots of our existence as a nation? We are in a fierce battle, but Our Lady reminds us that there exists a sacred bond between heaven and this nation. We must cooperate with her. We must realize that it is still prayer and holiness that are our weapons against Satan. Our Lady said, November 25, 1989, I desire that your decisions be free before God, because He has given you freedom. Therefore pray so that free from any influence of Satan, you may decide only for God. This is true freedom, the only choice that will bring peace, deciding for God. In deciding for Him, we are deciding for life, for peace, and for a future. March 25, 1996 I invite you to decide again to love God above all else. In this time, when due to the spirit of consumerism, one forgets what it means to love and to cherish true values, I invite you again, little children, to put God in the first place in your life. Do not let Satan attract you through material things. But, little children, decide for God, who is freedom and love. Choose life and not death of the soul, little children. Cherish true values? What are they? Today, many Christians are confused about values. Yet, it is simple. To decide for God means to decide for His Word. His Word is the Bible. It gives simple answers to heal and cancel out the culture of death and liberate us. We may not yet see the tide turning in terms of the culture war that surrounds us, but we have only to look to our ancestors to know we are being called to carry the light of liberty 
to the future generations of our nation and world. In the same talk given on May 6th, Attorney General John Ashcroft told the story of the Liberty Bell. I've always been charmed by the story of how Proclaim Liberty was the inscription inscribed on the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell has an inscription on it. It's from that Leviticus passage that says, Proclaim liberty throughout the land to all the inhabitants thereof. And what's interesting to me is that the Liberty Bell was not something that was developed in the year maybe 1880 or 1900 as a way of memorializing the great devotion to liberty of this country. The Liberty Bell is not from 1880, 1850, or 1800. It's from 1789, the year in which the Constitution was ratified. It's not from 1776, the year the shot was heard around the world at Lexington and Concord. The Liberty Bell was ordered by a councilman, Isaac Norris, and a group of his friends from Philadelphia, and it was ordered in 1752, before there was an America. 24 years before the year 1776. The Liberty Bell was an act of faith. It was an understanding that if you wanted something to symbolize this culture, it should be freedom and it should be a devotion to a commitment to a kind of freedom that had not yet been achieved. And sometimes I think about this. What kinds of bells are we ordering for the future? They could have ordered a dinner bell, or a church bell, or a school bell. They ordered a liberty bell. I just pray that we as a culture will be ordering bells that will ring for centuries to come. Bells of Freedom. In the year 1993, a friend of Medjugorje placed a bell in the bell tower of the Tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages. This bell has, ever since that day, rung to call us to prayer. It rings throughout the valley that has been blessed by Our Lady. When it rings, it reminds us that there is nothing more important in our day than prayer. The bell had a statement inscribed upon it. It was a bold statement, made before the unfolding of much of Our Lady's plans here. But it was felt so strongly in the heart that it found its way onto our bell. The daily sound of this bell serves as a voice to the animals, trees, mountains, and most of all to man, that this valley is to serve the interests of God's plan here. And for any man who resides or visits here to do otherwise will find no peace. For this valley was consecrated by Mary of Nazareth, mother of Jesus, queen of angels, by her appearance here as queen of peace, affording great portions of peace for every man who is in harmony with the plan she delivered here. March 10, 1993 It has been over 12 years since the bell began ringing in our valley, proclaiming to the world each day that the Queen of Peace is coming to bring her blessing. The bell has been a voice to the animals, even some of the deer who have become pets, while being way up in the mountains will fly to the field for rosary when they hear the bells peal. 
The bell has been a voice to creation. As we have seen the wind pick up at apparition time countless times to remind us that Our Lady comes in the wind. Birds come to sing their melodies to Our Lady, and the leaves in the trees come alive as we pray. The bell has been a voice to man, who leaves his work to honor Our Lady in her time of visitation to the world each day. Sadly, we have witnessed the truth of the words, This valley is to serve the interests of God's plan here. And for any man who resides or visits here to do otherwise will find no peace. One has the choice to recognize and accept the fruit of God's grace here, or refuse it and decide against it and God. They can even choose to fight against it, but in doing so, they shall inherit for themselves an arid path of peacelessness, the loss of God's blessing and inner serenity. For those of us who live here and have accepted to work in harmony with Our Lady's plans, we can attest that Our Lady bestows great portions of peace as the Queen of Peace to whom this valley has been consecrated. This is the bell we have ordered for our future. We know and believe that as the Liberty Bell was not meant just for the few in Philadelphia, but became a symbol of freedom for the whole nation, that the 2,000-pound bell that rings throughout Our Lady's Valley here symbolizes the hope we have placed in Our Lady to fulfill her plans for peace. Not only in the United States of America, but for peace throughout the whole world. The United States of America being consecrated to its patroness, the Virgin Mary, is united to her in a sacred bond. To be used for peace as no other land or nation has ever been throughout all of history. Her enemy, trying to take it away from her, divided from within. But she herself came back to reclaim it as Queen of the South. As gold, she now purifies it to make it one. United, strong, shimmering from sea to sea. America the Beautiful, the Queen's Necklace, her son's rod for peace. Two Americas are clearly manifesting themselves, one growing in light and one growing in darkness. A vaster and deeper abyss grows to separate the two. It is evident everywhere. As Our Lady's children, it is up to us for the light to prevail through the instituting of her messages in our lives, our work, our institutions, and our nation. This is what it will take to make the transformation of our nation, a transformation that is at hand toward the light, which will envelop and overwhelm the darkness, reuniting the United States of America in keeping God's law. 
we hold the keys to peace. Please pray the Patriotic Rosary during these days, especially for our nation's future. In the love of Our Lady, a friend of Medjugorje, on behalf of Caritas of Birmingham and the community of Caritas. What you just heard, meditate on it, what I wrote. The world depends on our nation. You have a responsibility. I wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>